Welcome to the Life in Deep Ellen podcast, exploring the sacred in art, faith, and community. Well, good morning, y'all. Good morning. Good to see you. Let's, let's start our time together with a word of prayer, silence and prayer. Because there is no awkward silence with God. God is always okay when we are silent. Oh Lord, we give you thanks. And we ask that you would focus our hearts to your word, your living word. That it would not only speak to us, but it would come alive in us, oh God. That it would shape our community, shape our lives. We give you thanks for your word and the ways that you speak to us. Amen. So today we are talking about righteousness and it's the last of this series, Behold. This went by quickly, didn't it? We started out with identity and have had some great guest preachers on our team as well. And, and now we're ending with righteousness. And, you know, way to end with a bang, right? Righteousness is such a popular topic. <laughs> Of all these words, it's probably the one that maybe you're not as interested in. Um, and, and so I'd love to hear when I say righteousness, what, what comes to mind for you? Holiness. Holiness, okay, yes. Anybody else? Telling the truth. Yeah, these are good church answers. I want, who's who like doesn't have a good church answer? <laughs> Thank you. Yes. I love, I love our church answers too because y'all are so precious. I know they come from a really sincere place. Um, but I heard certainty, I heard self-righteousness. Um, so if, if you're like me, that's, that's the first thing I think of is a sense of self-righteousness. And in fact, so much of um, the church has been really good at wanting to be right and wanting to um, possess righteousness for themselves, right? And so we can easily fall into this trap of thinking that righteousness is something that we can possess and have self-righteousness. There is that great phrase that you can either be right or you can be married. Who's heard that phrase? You, can, you either have two options, be right or be married. So is righteousness about being right? Hmm, I don't think so. 
if our spiritual, if our spiritual lives were in pursuit of being right, I don't think we'd get very far with pursuing God's righteousness. Because you see, righteousness, just like all these other things, is not something we can possess. It's not something we can grab onto for ourselves. And in fact, it's something that instead shapes us. It's something that grabs possession of us. That is the spiritual walk that we're on, is to be moldable to God, to offer up ourselves to be shaped by God's righteousness. We can't pursue it and grab it for ourselves. We can't just be concerned with being right and telling other people when they are wrong. In Psalm 119 is our scripture today, and I love this psalm because it is a prayer to God, and it's a prayer that asks God for this this shaping, this molding. The psalmist says, teach me, O Lord, the way of your statutes, and I will observe it to the end. Give me your understanding so that I may keep your law and observe it with my whole heart. Lead me in the path of your commandments, for I delight in it. It's easier to memorize the Ten Commandments and be so proud of them. It's easier to do that than it is to be led in a path of God's commandments and to delight in them. Christianity has made God's law something to get right instead of something to delight in. Something to be proud of, something to possess. But you see, we cannot possess God's righteousness. We cannot possess God's commandments. We can't get it right. So should we just give up? If we can't get it right, Jenna, are you saying that, you know, there's no point that we're so broken and sinful and there's no point in pursuing righteousness? No, 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 no. I'm not saying that. A theologian named Reinhold Niebuhr calls what we have in our essence as humans, original righteousness. We've heard a lot about original sin, right? Did you get that beat into you as a kid, how sinful we are? But Niebuhr says that we're actually at our very, very, at our core essence, we have original righteousness. We have original right relationship with God. We come from God. And that nothing we do in our free will can actually fully separate us from this original essence in our creator. Now, we can, we can stray. <laughs> we can run from this essence. And that's what sin is. All the ways that we run from connection with God. But we actually have original righteousness. We have the ability to delight in the path of God. 
Turn my heart to your decrees and not to selfish gain. Turn my eyes from looking at vanities. Give me life in your ways, the psalmist says in 30, verse 37. Do you hear all the verbs here? Give me understanding that I may keep your law and observe it with my whole heart. Lead me in the path of your commandments for I delight in it. God's law isn't just something that we talk about. It's something that demands a response from us. It's a verb to verb kind of situation. God acts in history to come near to us and we act in response to pursue God's righteousness. Turn my heart to your decrees and not to selfish gain. How often does our heart want selfish gain? How often do we turn our eyes and our heart away from God and towards pursuing what makes us feel important and good and enough? This prayer to turn our eyes back, it's a returning back to our original righteousness and our creator. Confirm to your servant your promise, which is for those who fear you. Turn away the disgrace that I dread, for your ordinances are good. God's ordinances are good. But it's up to us to seek them. See, I have longed for your precepts, in your righteousness give me life. See, this isn't a formula. It isn't a set of doctrine or rules to get right. I'm gonna, I keep saying that, but I'm gonna say it so many more times. The Christian path is not about memorizing verses and making sure you have all the answers and dismissing the pain of others. It's not about being so obsessed with getting the law right that you don't let God's righteousness grow in you. We can get so obsessed with the rules and making sure that our faith has crossed the T's and dotted the I's that we forget this is a path. This is about walking. It's not about just the destination. It's about the path. That's why... The, fra the, the phrase that Martin Luther King says in his I Have a Dream speak speech that comes straight from scripture, that justice would roll down like waters, that righteousness like a mighty flowing stream. Because a stream moves. A stream is alive. Righteousness is a stream that God invites us to. It's not another thing to check off the box and be a good Christian and get right. But it is something to wholeheartedly pursue. Sometimes we've been so wounded by the self-righteousness of Christians that we kind of just throw away the, the pursuit of righteousness itself. 
oh, you know, I'll just be a good person and, and I'll just, you know, um, I won't speed on the interstate and I'll vote when I need to and I'll be pretty nice to my friends and I'll come to church when I want to sometimes and that's not a wholehearted pursuit of God's righteousness. Being a good person is not what God is asking us to be up to. It's pursuing a path that will require a lot from us. And it's taking courage when the path gets hard. When the stream gets a little rocky and it starts to throw us around a little bit, it's staying in the stream of righteousness when we could easily tap out and just live a pretty mediocre life and be a good person. That's not what will set our heart aflame. That's not what will keep us energized for the journey of faith. So even though I'm saying that God's righteousness is not a list of laws and scriptures to perfect, don't be, don't, don't be confused by this either. It is still something that demands our lives. Because God has already saved the world in Jesus. There's already been a savior. God's already saved us. And, and because of that salvation, it's up to us to keep making the world more like God's dream. Our work is not done because salvation has come. Our work is just beginning. Salvation is the beginning of our work in Christ. The Pharisees were really good at looking like they were righteous. They loved to appear righteous. They thought that righteousness was something that they could appear with. And so... As I've thought about righteousness, I think about when Jesus is talking to the Pharisees, and he, he kind of goes in on them. He really does. And I'm going to read to you what he says. Because again, righteousness isn't something we can possess, and it's also not something that we can make sure that we appear to be. It's not a performative kind of allyship. It's not a performance or just based on appearance. But the Pharisees, they had spent their whole lives studying the law of God. They were good Jewish leaders and, and they knew the scriptures. And this is what he says. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you clean the outside of the cup and of the plate, but inside they are full of self greed and self-indulgence. That's like... Can you imagine actually cleaning the outside of a bowl, right? You didn't let it run through the rinse cycle in the, in the dishwasher. You just were concerned with the outer edge, right? That's that self-righteousness. You blind Pharisee, first clean the inside of the cup so that the outside may also become clean. This is that internal work that God calls us to, that internal working out our salvation, working on the inside of our cup. What's going on in there? 
Am I being good to myself and those I love and my neighbor? Am I allowing God to shape the inside of my heart? Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, for you are like whitewashed tombs, which on the outside look beautiful, but inside they are full of the bones of the dead and all kinds of filth. See, the church of the future is, is not about these whitewashed tombs. The church of the future that God is inviting us to participate in is about resurrection, true life, and true lives lived out of righteousness that show evidence of who God is by our actions and our lives, not just our words and appearances. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, so on the outside you look righteous to others, but inside you are full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. Dear friends, it's not about being right, and it's not about looking right. It's about staying in that mighty stream. It's about a posture of righteousness. Teach me, teach me. What does that imply? It implies that the person doesn't already know. If you need to be taught, you have something to learn. And it is this humility that God asks us to have. With everything we do, in faith, with a humility, a willingness to be shaped. Teach me. So when you're sitting at work and that one situation pops up that you think you know all the answers to, how about you stop and let go of your hands, shake them out a little bit, like Christy taught us to have open hands and say, teach me. See what that posture feels like, teach me because I don't already know. Teach me, O Lord, the way of your statutes. But don't just teach me, because guess what? Then I will observe it to the end. Remember, verb from God, verb from us. Action from God, action from us. Give me understanding because I don't have it, God. I need your understanding that I may keep your law and observe it with my whole heart. Lead me in the path of your commandments because without it, God, I stray otherwise. I get lost in all the other parts of this world. Bring me back to that path that leads me towards you. 
but don't just lead me, God, because when you lead me, I will delight in the path you've led me down. Turn my heart to your decrees and not to selfish gain. Turn my eyes from looking at vanities. Give me life in your ways. Because your ways are so much better than mine, God. Your ways are so much better than mine. Confirm to your servant your promise, which is for those who fear you. Turn away the disgrace that I dread, for your ordinances, they are good. And see, God, I don't want to just be a good Christian. I don't, I don't want to just get things right. I want to long for your precepts. Help me long for them, God. Because see, I have longed for your precepts and in, so in your righteousness, give me life. Teach me, mold me, lead me, show me new things. Show me what you want me to do. Show me how you want me to live. Show me what's important to you because I want to know. And I want to live my life differently because of that knowledge. Because I have original righteousness. At my essence, I am connected to you. Help me remember that, God. Help all of us remember that we belong to God that nothing can separate us from the love in Christ Jesus and that it's time to swim in the mighty stream of God's righteousness. Amen.